Hey friends, thanks for tuning into the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Reed. In this week's episode, I'm sharing an episode where I was a guest on the Fitness Hacks Over 40 podcast with Brad Williams. You're going to hear about removing the deadline from your weight loss journey, getting off the all or nothing or on-off diet mentality, why exercise is overrated for weight loss and why it seems to backfire, how and why to prioritize protein for weight loss, factors that can cause daily fluctuations with the scale, and how to have a healthy relationship with the scale. Now onto the episode. How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. I have my new season co-star with me, Jessica Reed. How's it going, Jessica? Hey, Brad. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so uh, this uh, episode, just like always, always wanted to get kind of an overview of how you got into the business, uh, your business name, um, and you know, I don't know how far, how many years back you want to go. Everyone is different, but uh, I'll let you take it away. Sure. Yeah. So I am a solopreneur, uh, weight loss coach specifically for women. My business is called The Keto Fit. So that's where you can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm at The Keto Fit. Um, So give me a follow and I would love to help however I can. But yeah, I'm excited to share my story today. I actually struggled with weight pretty much my entire life from as far back as I can remember. I was an overweight child and to make matters a little bit more pronounced, I'm actually Mm -hmm. a twin. So I have a fraternal twin sister. Um, We don't look alike. Of course, we're fraternal, but nonetheless, people would always compare us. And so I tend to favor my mom. She tends to favor my dad. And, you know, growing up in the 1980s, people were a lot different um, sensitivity wise about your weight back then. And Mm -hmm. really, people would just walk right up to us and say to my mom, oh, look, that's so funny. They don't look anything alike. She's the tall, skinny one. And she's the short, fat one. (laughs) Me, the short, fat one. Yeah. And so you can only imagine how scarring this was to me as a child thinking, God, what is wrong with me? And, you know, my mom, of course, this was the 1980s during the low fat craze. Everything was um, eat less fat and do more exercise. Mm -hmm. And so that's what my mom was always trying to get me to do. She enlisted me into every single sport. Meanwhile, I'm the least athletic person on the planet. My sister (laughs) is super athletic and I'm just like, want nothing to do with it. But she's making me run all around these soccer fields and, you know, basketball courts and everything to try to help me lose weight. And she put me on a diet. The the earliest that I can remember, I was seven years old. And I'll never forget this. We had a babysitter come over to the house. And my mom had a whiteboard on the front of the refrigerator. And on the whiteboard, she had written Julie Snacks, my sister, Jessica Snacks. And so it was divided down the middle. And on Julie Snacks, this was for the babysitter to know what we we were allowed to have. On Julie's side, it said ice cream. And on my side, (laughs) yeah. So Julie could have ice cream. I could only have low fat frozen yogurt. Julie could have potato chips. I could only have pretzels. So of course, all the fat free foods were the things that she was making me eat. And bless this babysitter. I'll never forget. But as soon as my mom left the house, she was like, do you guys want to have a snack? And we, I was like, yeah. And so she just starts giving me whatever I'm not supposed to have. And I'm like, did you see the list? I'm not supposed to have that. She's like, that's a bunch of crap, you know? (laughs) best babysitter ever. (laughs) Yes. I know. I loved her so much, but all of these are just examples of how pronounced this became in my life. 
Um, and of course I was made fun of in school and all these, you know, things that kids can be so mean. Um, but by the time I hit puberty, I basically made it my mission in life. Like I don't want to be overweight anymore. And so I did resort to some, you know, unhealthy things. My mom taught me to count calories. So I basically was like, how little can I eat in a day? You know, when I'm like 12 or 13 years old, I was the, the kid that was like, watching that episode of full house where DJ is like, you know, becoming the anorexic or bulimic or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I should try that. You know, instead of like the lesson of like, no, I was like, Oh, okay. Let me try that. (laughs) So yeah, unfortunately I, I got there through very unhealthy means, but I did reach a healthy weight, like a normal weight. Um, however, I continued to always see myself as being overweight from the time I, you know, hit puberty. I was just looking around at all the girls that were like smaller than me that had a smaller bone structure. They were much shorter than me, whatever. And I'm comparing myself to them, even though I was in a healthy BMI, basically this became the lens or the filter through which I saw myself and saw the entire world. And so I was preoccupied with every single day of my life, having a running total of the calories that I had consumed in my mind. It was relentless. I was always anxious about eating with other people, all these things. This continued all the way through my mid twenties. So I stayed at generally a healthy weight for all of that time. But on the inside, in my mind, I was just so, of course I wasn't healthy. I wasn't getting enough protein. I wasn't, you know, paying attention to macronutrients, anything like that. The only thing I cared about was the number on the scale and ate like total crap, whatever. So basically um, in my mid twenties, I went through kind of a traumatic experience and I became very depressed and I packed on 40 pounds in the course of a year. And so at that point in my life, I truly was overweight and it was very painful. I was, I was hiding out from my life. I was literally turning down invitations. You know, when people would want me to go out somewhere with them, I would try on like eight different outfits and just cry and want to give up. Like having gained those 40 pounds, I truly was overweight and, you know, hiding out from my life and turning down invitations and crying after trying on multiple outfits and all these things. And I was at a point of desperation, uh, November 8th, 2013 was the day that I started eating low carb Atkins. And the reason why I chose Atkins being three weeks before Thanksgiving, I did not intend for it to be long-term. I just wanted it to be a short way for me to lose 10 pounds as quickly as possible. Because when I was in high school, that's what I saw my mom do whenever she wanted to lose five pounds in the course of a week. Now I understand how it works and everything. The water weight is just coming (laughs) off, but my mom would lose five pounds in a week on Atkins. And then she would eat pizza on the weekend. And of course, you know, just approach it as a temporary, um, you know, diet. It was not at all healthy or a lifestyle. And I didn't care about whether it was healthy or not. I just wanted to lose 10 pounds as quickly as possible. So sure enough, I did lose those 10 pounds in two weeks. And what I did not expect though, was how incredible I felt. Like I felt so vastly different. And the biggest thing for me was actually what I would say um, was food freedom in my mind for the first time ever. I felt satiety from food for the first time in my entire life. And that felt like such a magical euphoric experience to me that inside within two weeks, I was like, I'm never going back. Like I was just completely sold hook, line and sinker convinced. And I ate keto even on Thanksgiving. Everybody thought I was nuts, that I was taking it too far. Granted, of course, I had done all these bad diets before, so I can't really blame them, but I just never looked back. And now it's been eight years. Um, I did reach my goal weight. I lost those 40 pounds plus another 10, probably by the May after that. So about seven months, I was down about 50 pounds, but I just kept it up forever because I say keto is my form of self-care. I just really feel at my best. And so, yeah, it's been eight years and counting. 
Wow. When did you change uh, from just a low carb and start studying the keto and be like, oh, that's what I'm doing. And then start researching yeah. that. Yeah, actually, it was probably not until um, maybe like middle to end of 2014, okay. I think is when keto really started to become more popular, like as the word, a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing Atkins and Atkins is a multi-phased low carb diet. And so it's four phases, but the initial phase is called induction and it's very low carb. Like he recommends 20 net carbs of, um, 20 net carbs per day. And so of course I was reading like the 2001 version of this, there were no keto products on the market. Like there are today, there were some Atkins products, but it basically, when you were counting net carbs, it was mainly coming from fruits and vegetables. So, um, but that's what I, I didn't realize that I was doing a keto diet, but he did mention the word ketosis. So I was like, okay, but in the book, because this was written in 2001, he was like, you know, you should do this for two weeks, but really you shouldn't do it for more than six months. Like, because I just don't think they had the information back then about how long would it be healthy and whatever. So in the back of my mind, I was like, oh God, I only have six months to do this. And then (laughs) like, but at a certain point, I trusted my intuition and just kept going with it. I was like, I'm healthier than I've ever been. Okay. Dr. Atkins said not to go more than six months in ketosis, but I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. And of course, everybody's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) All, you know, anyone that writes anything like that, you know, they they know there's not enough research on there. So that's their bailout is just stop them, stop them at this, give them a break and then put them back on. We don't know why, but it'll, you know, they, all they see is, you know, lawsuits down the road. So Exactly. Yeah. So as the keto diet was becoming more popular and I was learning about it, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's actually what I'm doing. And so then I started, of course, digging into more of the research as it was coming out. And I'm such a nerd for all of these things. So I was just always consuming information through blogs and even then when podcasts became popular, binging all of those. So yeah, I'm a total nerd for this stuff. That's awesome. be right back after a quick health tip. One of the biggest challenges that comes along with eating keto or low carb is getting enough electrolytes. How do you know if you're getting enough? Well, if you have any symptoms like headaches, feeling lethargic, lack of energy, hitting a wall when you exercise, feeling lightheaded or dizzy when you stand up, leg cramps or constipation, these are all signs of an electrolyte imbalance and you'd benefit from adding a quality electrolyte supplement. Maybe you're thinking you're good because you don't have any of those. I hear ya. I had been adapted to keto for so long that even though I wasn't having any of those symptoms, I was actually so amazed at how drinking electrolytes every day impacted my mood and gave me more energy that I didn't even know I was missing. Literally every cellular process in your body and brain runs off of electrolytes and they play a huge role, especially on your stress hormones, which explains the positive impact on mood. My absolute favorite brand is Element because just one serving is a thousand milligrams of sodium plus the right balance of potassium and magnesium. You'd have to drink about three to four bottles of Smart Water or Powerade Zero to get that same portion size, so it's absolutely worth the price. It's also so convenient to have the serving sticks in your purse or your pocket or while you're traveling, and then you can just mix it with water wherever you are. It's made with completely clean ingredients and uses stevia as a sweetener. While I don't always love stevia, I promise it has zero aftertaste and the taste is honestly so delicious. My favorite flavor hands down is the orange and it truly tastes like real orange, not like tang. If you miss orange juice on keto, you'll love drinking one of these every morning like I do. I also love the raspberry flavor and I like to drink it on its own or mix it with unsweetened iced tea. 
And I love the citrus flavor too, which tastes exactly like yellow Gatorade. If you grew up drinking that like I did and you loved it, you know exactly what I mean. If you go to drinklmnt.com, you can get a sample pack for free and just cover the shipping for $5. That way you can decide what your favorite flavor is. Then when you're ready to buy a full box, I'd love it if you'd use my referral link because I get a free box when you buy a box using my link. Just go to bit.ly slash theketofitsalt to order your next box. You're going to love it and feel so much better. Let's uh, a good transition to uh, next episode. We want to talk about just, you know, keto overall, yeah. you know, um, just the basics on my side, you know, I've only been doing it for three years and loving it. And even before that, I'd do the low carb system too. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as, you know, I've done episodes on my podcast for listeners, and I'm sure you're way more wealth of knowledge than I am, but just the simplicity of it is, you know, going on a high fat, medium protein, really low carb diet, um, tracking it is the easiest way. And then, you know, your carbs are net carbs. So it's your carbohydrates minus any fiber in the food. So those are the kind of things that you look for, those high fiber foods. And uh, nowadays they're pumping so much keto stuff out that you can get like, like almost like bread, real tasting bread and tortillas that will work with our system. They call that kind mm-hmm. of keto cheating, which I'm, I'm probably more of a keto cheater and you're probably, I'm assuming you're probably a uh, straight edge. <laughs> I am. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it still, you know, still did the work for me yeah. and you know, my blood work still comes out great. So, you know, and I, I love it and I'll take breaks every now and then, but sure. that's just the simplicity of it. Let's, let's hear your end and all the science behind it. And yeah, actually, so what you just described is definitely like a, what's considered to be a classic ketogenic diet. And, you know, I'm actually more of a favor in favor of a high protein keto diet. So a classic ketogenic diet was actually developed in the 1920s to treat childhood epilepsy. And so it's pretty incredible, not just uh, the weight loss benefits of a state of ketosis, but the brain benefits of a state of ketosis. So like I mentioned to you, I felt incredible within two weeks. I was like, what kind of magic pill is this? And why have I not heard of it? Which by the way, everybody go watch um, the magic pill. That's a fantastic documentary about keto. Um, So yeah, because I didn't realize what was actually happening. Like the mechanism behind it is that not only had I switched fuel sources for my digestion, I switched from burning sugar to burning fat, Mm -hmm. but my brain switched fuel sources as well. So when your brain is running on ketones, it's a completely different experience and it's a cleaner form of energy and it's an unlimited source of energy. And so there's so many actual neurological benefits for people, including, you know, eliminating seizures, like, holy crap, just look at that. I mean, um, it, it helps with Alzheimer's. It helps with autism. It helps with depression and anxiety. So the more that we're studying this, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been around for a very long time and it is safe. Um, so when you are trying to do a therapeutic ketogenic diet is actually what it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, you are chasing ketones for the purpose of a therapeutic medical reason, right? And so a lot of people are not doing it for that reason. Most people are probably approaching it for weight loss. And so you actually don't need to have a therapeutic level of ketones in your, um, blood or, or your breath or your urine in order to see the weight loss benefits as well. You can actually be in more of a light or mild state of ketosis. And um, so a lot of people are afraid of protein because you mentioned, you know, a classic ketogenic is high fat, 
moderate protein and low carb. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would agree with the low carb. When you restrict carbohydrates, your body will naturally get into a state of ketosis. Um, there's a lot of debate in the keto community about protein and what mm -hmm. happens because there's this process called gluconeogenesis. And that is your body's ability to actually convert protein into glucose. And so people are afraid oftentimes if I eat too much protein, my body is going out. to, yeah. yeah, it's going to kick me out of ketosis. My body's somehow going to like convert like too much steak into the equivalent of a cupcake. And, you know, that's just a really simplistic way to say it. Obviously that's, that's hyperbole, but I say that because people are truly afraid, you know, of what might happen if they consume too much protein. Yeah. And I'm here to say that like, I'm really glad that I started with Atkins because he actually did not put any limits on protein whatsoever. And so I'm really glad that I started with that because he would just say, if you're hungry, eat, eat, yeah. eat animal protein, unlimited amounts, eat to satiety of this. And that was one of the most attractive things to me about this way of eating was I don't have to restrict calories. I don't, if I'm hungry, there's something that I can eat. If I had already reached my carb limit for the day, I could still go make some scrambled eggs or, you know, have some chicken wings or whatever it might, might've been. Um, I was never kicked out of ketosis for having too much protein. Nowadays, we actually have the carnivore community who yeah. only eat animal protein. And, and of course the fat that is built in along with it, but there are just some interesting examples of like, how can that actually be true? But if you have too much protein, that it's actually going to kick you out of ketosis because so many carnivores, that's all they do is eat that in there in a, in a state of ketosis. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's always about do what works for you, but I'm a big fan of actually higher protein, moderate fat, low carb mm. for weight loss specifically. Oh, for weight loss. Okay. Specifically yep. for weight loss. Yeah. So in, in my, in my world, like personal training world, I get a lot of guys that are you know, more bodybuilding and even clients come to me in general, just for muscle toning and all that. And they, they come with that old school mentality of like, you know, you need a one gram of protein per body weight. That is a lot. And I've, okay. you know, just in general, I've done maybe one, one gram per lean body weight, but mm -hmm. you know, dropped it down a little more and still held the size I wanted and everything it could grow. Yeah. And then when I started keto three years ago, you know, I'd see all that, Oh, it's gotta be real moderate. You know, and I bumped it up a little bit because I, I knew I needed a little bit. And I, I'd watch with my keto mojo if I got kicked out of ketosis and never did. Yeah. But what people don't know, uh, may not know, is that on ketosis, it's so muscle sparing because of your, the system your body's using to, you know, use your fat that you even, even the amount of one gram per lean body weight, you don't even need that. You can drop it even a little bit lower. Um but still, if you do like a traditional Google, like a keto calculator, it will put you real low on or mid-level on the protein. And I'm yeah. with you. You can, it's okay to bump it up. Um, yeah. Especially if you're, if you're using something like ketone strips or the keto mojo, you know, just watch it. You, you'll know when you're in and out anyway. So. Yeah, definitely. Just for, you know, bare minimum health recommendations, like the, there's an RDA recommendation, but that is like in order for you not to become diseased is the yeah. amount of protein no. that you actually need to be consuming. But everything in our body is made up of protein and fat, you know? And so not just our bones, people tend to think like, oh yeah, your bones are made up, but like your brain cells, you know, every cell in your body, um, every metabolic process, your hormones are made up of proteins. Everything is made up of proteins. And so you need to be getting those nine essential amino acids from your dietary consumption on a daily basis in order to be feeling your best. And so as, as my minimum for the women that I work with, I say eat 30 grams of protein three times a day 
or if you're only going to wind up eating, you know, twice a day, then do 45, but minimum of 90 grams per day yeah. is my minimum. I don't care what the RDA says. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of a maximum, I don't really think that there, there is one. I've never seen a woman like <laughs> have a problem with eating too much protein quite. And I, you know, my audience is mainly women, but I think women have been kind of like taught to be afraid of animal protein or, um, you know, or just think they're going to build too much muscle. Exactly. That's the exactly. fight I always have. Yeah. Yes. But the, the biggest reasons why I love protein, aside from like the health benefits of it, is the appetite suppression quality of protein. Okay. And so when it comes to weight loss, the name of the game is appetite suppression. Wouldn't you rather be able to eat less naturally, like without even thinking about it? Like you don't have to stress out about your calories or measuring out your food or whatever it might be. But like imagine the ability to eat to satiety and still lose weight. It's pretty incredible because when you are eating pure carbs. Like, I don't know about you, but I could polish off an entire box of Cheez-Its. Like oh, literally yeah. start, no problem. I can't stop. Yeah. Yep. And there's no satiety to it whatsoever. And your brain is just keep like going. high, right? It's like, keep going, give me more pleasure, more pleasure, more pleasure. Now a steak, like a ribeye is like so pleasurable as well. But at a certain point, your brain is like, I'm done. You could literally not eat another bite at a certain point. Your brain just tells you I'm fully satisfied because every food that you consume has a different chemical and hormonal response in your body. And so that's important. Like you're going to feel so satisfied. You're going to be full for hours because your body has to expend more energy breaking down protein than it does on fat and carbs. So, you know, you could be eating breakfast of like, you know, special K and orange juice. You're going to be hungry two hours later. Meanwhile, if you eat some bacon and eggs, you could be full for four, five, six hours. I eat my breakfast, which is kind of more like a breakfast lunch at 10 a.m. I don't eat again until 5 p.m. Because I'm eating enough food and enough protein that my body is literally not hungry for a full seven hours. So protein helps with satiety. And also you're naturally burning more calories because of what's called the thermic effect of food. Exactly. And so your body is burning about 25% of the calories that you consume through protein just to break it down. So you're not eating hundred calories of steak. You're eating 75 calories of steak. How incredible is that? So it's naturally you're burning probably another 400 calories per day just by being in ketosis. A lot of people don't realize that. And probably another 400 calories per day, just from prioritizing protein. Like it's amazing. And then the other, yeah, the other thing is, you know, if you're on a workout program is, you know, making sure you get that protein to build muscle, raise your BMR, and you're burning more calories while you sleep just from that, then exactly the things you said, it's just, you're on, you're on a winning streak. You're just, you're dropping weight like crazy. Yes. It's it's a metabolic advantage. Absolutely. Um, Like a lot of my clients, even if they don't want to go on keto, I still try to push them to more of a Atkins low carb. But, you know, I just promote mostly, okay, well, at least give me this when you, when you're cooking stuff, you know, eat the protein first, eat your vegetables second, drink water while you're doing it. Cause that'll help too. And then if you really want something, then go ahead. But I promise you, they're going to be so yeah. full by the end of that. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good tactic. You know, a lot of people would call that the, the crowding out effect mm-hmm. or focusing on an approach goal instead of an avoid goal. So you're not yeah. avoiding the carbs. It's just that you're focusing, you're approaching the protein and fat first, and you'll probably naturally crowd out your desire for carbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, then they'll see the results from that and be like, well, I mean, you want to take it to the next level. Now we got to pull that down to about 20 grams. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you were mentioning on the, on the keto diet, a therapeutic version, the weight loss one um, for weight loss, you said to bump protein up higher, you know, I'm sure everyone's different and they can play around with the percentages, but do you have like a general percentage for that, that type, like 60% protein, 35% fat, and then the 20 grams of carbs or. 
I tend not to focus on percentages. Instead, okay. I, I'm more focused on um, grams. So usually what I do is I work with women um, using the app Carb Manager. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're familiar with that one, I'd but you could, for, yeah. you could also do something similar through MyFitnessPal or whatever mm -hmm. you're doing um, and set up custom macros for yourself. And so instead of setting percentage wise, just focus on the actual grams is, is what I tell people to do. So I usually encourage set your calories to maintenance. And the reason why I say that is because of all of these metabolic advantages that we've just been talking about. You're naturally burning more calories in ketosis. You're naturally burning more calories from consuming protein. And so don't freak out about the fact that this app says you're going to maintain, you're not going to maintain, you're going to lose. Yeah. And so, but it can be really easy too to like totally under consume calories. So don't do that. Don't eat 1200 calories oh, no. per day. Yeah. Like don't, don't be I thinking preach about that all the time. You're yes. both ends yeah. of the spectrum are going to, you're going to lose. Yep. So I say set your calories to maintenance. And then I actually recommend people to, to count total carbs. And the reason for that, and, and I will interview them and ask kind of, you know, how they typically eat and how they want to be able to eat. But I find for people that are transitioning from a standard American diet to a ketogenic diet for weight loss, they probably are going to want to consume some of these keto products because they can be a really valuable transition tool. When you're craving real, real ice cream, you yeah. want to be able to go to the store and have like the keto enlightened or the rebel or whatever yeah, I've it been is. Doing that. Exactly. And get yourself through, you know, you want to be able to have some of those smart sweets gummies instead of having like real gummy bears or whatever it might be. And so I'm not knocking those things. I think that, um, you know, in moderation, they can be done. The reason why I say count total carbs instead of net carbs, if you're going to be consuming those things mm -hmm. is because those keto products are marketed to sell based on their net carb count. Yeah. And so they will drive up this fake fiber in those things ah. and fake fiber that's made in a lab is completely a different chemical and hormonal response. And it's also very inflammatory by the way, which that gets in the way of weight loss. Um, but it's a completely different response than the, than the fiber in vegetables and fruits. So the reason why we say net carbs deduct the fiber is because the fiber from natural whole foods is not impacting your blood sugar. It's not spiking your blood sugar, but the, the fake fiber in a lot of these products on the market, they are definitely going to spike your blood sugar gotcha. and they're going to inflame your body. And so in order to kind of keep that in check, I have my clients count total carbs. And I usually say start at 50 total carbs when you're first starting out. Um, or if you truly are that person, that's like, I only eat real food. Like I have a client like that. Yeah. She's just like 70 years old. She's Italian. She doesn't eat crap. She cooks everything from scratch. She's counting net carbs. Just, just to give you an example, but for most of my clients, you know, set your calories to maintenance, set your max carbs to 50 total carbs per day, then focus on set your protein. So what I recommend is minimum 90, but usually what I say is, um, if you're five feet tall as a woman, start with hundred grams and then five more grams for each inch on top of that. So I'm five, seven, so mine is set to 135. So that's what I say. Set your max carbs, set your minimum protein goal, and then let fat fill in the rest. And yeah. so that that's usually what I recommend for people. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For myself, uh, you know, I'll do a keto calculator and it'll put me, you know, 20 grams carbs, um, whatever the fat ends up being. I can't remember the number. And then for protein, it puts me at like 120, 125. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me going with the mentality, you know, used to one gram per body weight, I'm 205. So I'm supposed to have 205. Then I'm like, you know, what? I can get away with the lean body. So I'm like at 170, yeah. 165, 125 is a little bit low. So I'll bump that up by, you know, 20 grams. So, and I've been yeah. doing that and loving it. So it's kind of coincides with what you're saying too. 
Yeah, and we have different approaches because you're working, you know, specifically with a bodybuilding approach and I'm yeah. working with a fat loss approach. So exactly. the women that are coming to me are not trying to build muscle as much as they're trying to lose fat. Of course, you're recompositioning your body. So we do want to build muscle and yeah. lose fat at the same time. But usually what I tell women is I'm saying we're setting you at one gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight is what yeah. I'm focusing okay. on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Be right back after a quick health tip. You guys know what a big proponent of protein I am. Seriously, you cannot get enough protein and I really recommend a higher protein, more moderate fat approach to keto when your goal is weight loss. I tell my clients to set a goal of 100 grams of protein if you're five feet tall, plus another five grams per inch above that. I'm 5'7", so my goal is 135 grams of protein per day. If that sounds crazy, here's why. First, it's the most satiating macronutrient. The most effective and enjoyable way to lose weight is not to be hungry, right? So get your protein. Second, it gives you a metabolic advantage of naturally burning more calories. It takes your body more energy to break down protein than to break down carbs or fat. So you actually burn about 25% of the calories you consume from protein just by breaking it down. That means when you eat 100 calories of chicken, it's really like eating 75 calories. That's also why you stay fuller longer because your body takes longer to digest protein. The third and last reason is because your body requires nine essential amino acids from your food intake. Your body cannot make them on their own. I know it can be hard to get enough protein in a day, especially when you have that awesome benefit of appetite suppression from keto. A really easy way to get more protein in is to use a quality protein powder supplement. And my absolute favorite is Orgain Keto Chocolate or Vanilla Collagen Protein. Collagen is also fantastic for your skin, hair, and nails, keeping you gorgeous, plus your joints to reduce your pain or keep you pain-free. I'm going to tell you guys my three favorite ways to use Orgain Keto Collagen Powder. Number one, put it in your coffee. It will dissolve on its own in hot coffee, or you can throw it in your blender with ice and coffee to make a frap. Number two, make a smoothie. Use a low-carb liquid base like unsweetened almond milk or coconut milk, protein powder, and a half a cup of frozen berries. You can add a tablespoon of fat like MCT oil, coconut oil, nut butter, or half of an avocado. Number three, make a mug cake. Crack an egg into a coffee mug, add one scoop of protein powder and a splash of almond milk or cream. Add an eighth a teaspoon of baking powder, stir it all up and microwave it for one minute if you like it gooey or a minute 30 seconds if you like it a little more well done. You can customize it by adding fun mix-ins before you microwave it or just adding them later as toppings. You can do whipped cream, cream cheese, nut butter, sugar-free maple syrup, extracts like peppermint or banana, spices like apple spice or pumpkin spice or cinnamon, toppings like shredded coconut or crushed peanuts. Have fun with it. Mug cakes absolutely saved my life when I first started keto. Orgain Keto is sold in all of your favorite stores like Target, Walmart, Amazon, and your local grocery store. But if you want to order from Orgain.com, you can use my 30% discount by entering the code THEKETOFIT30 at checkout. Now go get that protein in, friend. Well, uh, let's move on to the next uh, topic um, with Jessica here. Uh, We're going to be talking about, you know, getting your mindset right, you know, the brain body connection for, for weight loss, you know, you may want to get in this program, but what kind of the steps you need to take or what, what kind of mindfulness you need to do before you even start this program? That is such a loaded question, but I do have a couple, (laughs) a couple of mindset issues that I see coming up constantly. Mm -hmm. The first one 
is to remove the deadline from your weight loss journey or, you know, from, from your perspective, remove the deadline from whatever goal that you have for yourself in terms of bodybuilding. Like I want to be at this level of, you know, body fat percentage or whatever by X date on the calendar. And I'm just going to like push myself and yada, yada. The reason why I say remove the deadline from your weight loss is because if you're constantly, um, thinking about this date that you've set in your mind as a deadline, it's like, we have this clock running and all of a sudden with this clock running out there, it's like a scarcity mindset kicks in. You're constantly worried about this arbitrary date in the future that nobody gives a crap about except for you. (laughs) And then you're determining whether you are a success or failure based on, again, this arbitrary thing that's out there. And you have torturing themselves. Yes, you really are. And you have a scarcity mindset about it because you know, this week you didn't lose as much weight as you think you needed to, you know, 12 weeks from now, I want to be, you know, 20 pounds less. So therefore I have to lose like, you know, 1.2 pounds per week. And this week I only lost 0.5. So I'll F it, you know, I'm just going to give up. Right. Or I'll start again next Monday. And then my goal will be to lose two pounds a week to try to make up the difference. Right. And so you instantly get into this scarcity mentality. And so I think it's much better to just have the mentality of I'm going to get to this goal doesn't matter when, but I'm, I'm going to get there. Um, so removing the deadline that you have in your, in your mind, I think that's a huge cause of self-sabotage that I see with my clients. And as soon as we remove the deadline and say, it's not about the means to an end, like, I'm just going to do whatever kind of crazy thing I'm going to do as just this temporary way until I get to this goal. And then my life will begin, you know, like, no, this is your life right here, right now. And it's about actually enjoying the journey between now and then. So I say, I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. I actually don't care about what you ate as much as I care about how you feel about what you ate. I care about your mindset going through this thing, because if you're miserable, you are not going to stick with it. Nobody sticks with something that they're miserable with. Like, no, we can do it for a temporary amount of time, but inevitably we will give up because we're not actually in the business of torturing ourselves, you know, and it's just truly not worth it. You know, they say pain is beauty. No, no. Like that, that's a lie. That's a bunch of crap. Like you actually can enjoy your weight loss journey, or you can enjoy your health journey. And the more that you enjoy it and make it realistic and sustainable for you. And it's actually not about, um, reaching X point by any certain amount of time. Um, and you just set yourself free from that crazy lie that you just made up in your mind. Like you're going to be golden because you're going to actually enjoy the process so much more. Another one that I see is an all or nothing mentality, or actually what I would call diet culture, which is, it's very similar to the first one, but it's that I'm either on or I'm off. I'm either being good or I'm being naughty. Like I'm either, you know, cheating or I'm being disciplined. And so our thoughts create our reality, right? But our language creates our meaning that we're assigning to things. And so I find it very, very important to tell people like, okay, you're not off keto right now. Like that's what people say. I'm either on keto or I'm off keto. I'm off right now, or, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day or whatever it is. Like I like to use really neutral language with people, which is just, I like to use the word deviation. So, and I like to say you're, you either had an unplanned deviation or you had a planned deviation. Of course, planned deviations are so much better. Um, but our language is so important. And also like this, it's not starting and stopping. You're never starting over again. It's just one long journey of taking care of yourself through what you eat. That's it. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, taking a client through this process for like weight training and, you know, and diet and everything. And I'll work with the mindset on them is, you know, they'll come in with that mindset that, you know, I'm doing the new year's resolution. I want to go everything all out. I'm like, Oh, that's just, that's a bad idea. First thing we're going to do is just get, get through the workout process, see where you're at and we'll build on that. And so the first month I don't even touch their diet because you can't, you can't over, you know, complicate things and, and push them too hard. Then we'll start working on the diet and doing little, that's why I started this podcast. Everything's hacks. Yeah. So yeah. not take everything away. Let's just tweak stuff, what you're willing yeah. to do. And, you know, if you don't like running, we're not going to run. We're going to do Pilates yeah. or walking or something. And then, you know, like you said, if they want to, if they do decide to go on a keto diet and they just are sweet tooth galore. Okay. Maybe we'll do fruit first. And if they really want like some of those keto gummy products and all that, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine, but don't make that a daily routine, pick a day yeah. and make that like a little you know, fun day for you and all that. So yeah. just same thing, bu- building on top of it. This is a long journey. Don't worry. And yeah. uh, you're, you're on your way down it, and it'll lock, it'll hold longer if you do it that way versus these 30 day challenges. And yeah, and everything. that's so funny because, you know, a lot of times I'm starting with, with the diet, right? Like, and then one of the first questions people always ask me is like, exercise, you know, what should I do for exercise at the same time? I'm like, well, okay, I'm not a trainer, you know, like I can support you in whatever goals you set for yourself. Like I will hold you accountable to whatever kind of exercise plan you have for yourself, but that's not actually my area of expertise as much as it is diet. But I do caution people don't start your workout plan and this new way of eating at the same time. And I, I do tell them that. And one of the reasons that I actually stress that is because when you're starting a ketogenic diet, your body is actually going to be switching fuel sources you're going to have a little bit of a rough patch there. Um, some people call that the keto flu. Um, and there's ways to mitigate that. We want to make sure that you're getting enough electrolytes because really it's not the keto flu. It's really like an electro imbalance flu. If we're even going to call it a flu, but you feel like you got the flu, like you got a headache, you're lethargic, you can't work out, you know, all these things. So you really have to give your body a little bit of a chance to get through that transition process first. And then I say, you know, let's start with some light exercise and, you know, build your way up from there. But also there is the piece of, you know, doing too many things at once, like you only have so much quote unquote willpower. Right. And so if willpower is like a muscle, like you can get to the point where you have just like blown it. Like you literally cannot do another rep of willpower. (laughs) You will give up. Right. And something's going to give, and you're going to feel like, man, this isn't sustainable for me. Well, that's because you did too much too fast. And you're right. That's not sustainable. But as soon as you focus on one thing, and then now you're maintaining that new habit, you can, you know, just kind of set that to like, um, on the back burner or like, what's that called when you're, when you're driving and you press the button and it's, it's holding it for you. Oh, uh, cruise control, uh, cruise control. I was gonna say yeah. auto drive. It's cruise yeah. Control. So you're like, you set this diet habit to cruise control, or now you're setting your workout routine to cruise control and you can focus on adding in another thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people, when they come in too, they have all these aspirations and think that, you know, working out is going to get them all that. And I'm like, well, you do know that, 85 to 90 percent of the game is nutrition first for if, the, if your sole goal is you know weight loss yes, so if yes. coming in here to me first and that's your main goal i don't even want to deal with this you're 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 going to struggle you know if yes. you're coming in where you you can do this later you really want to build some muscle for looks you know help out your blood pressure get a sweat uh, you know and balance there's so many benefits to my world too okay that's fine but weight loss is going to be a longer journey because we're going to you know, work on that later. So, but yes. if, if, so if I, if I, if I get anyone that's, that's their mindset, I'm like, I'm just going to refer them out to a, 
your nutritionist or someone who's going to work on. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we're on the same page about this because you're so right. And with it being a new year, that's the first thing that people do is go sign up for a gym membership when they're trying to lose weight. Yeah. And honestly, there are a lot of reasons why exercising can actually impede your weight loss journey. Mm -hmm. And so I try to explain this to people. Like I am pro exercise, very pro exercise. There's so many different brain benefits and health benefits to exercise. But if your primary goal is weight loss, you just have to understand that there are some things regarding exercise that can actually, um, it feels like backfiring a little bit. And so the first thing is that your body is going to become inflamed. And so you are tearing muscle in order to build new muscle. And when your body is tearing muscle in order to repair itself, your body becomes inflamed. And that is a natural healing process that your body is doing to serve you. However, your body will retain water. Like you have an intense workout the next day on the scale. If it was leg day, you could, you better believe the next day on the scale, it's going to be like up a pound two, maybe three, depending. And then you're going to get so frustrated because you did everything right yesterday. And you know, you're just going to get so frustrated and want to give up if you don't actually have the contextual understanding of what's going on. And so another thing aside from the inflammation is that, um, your appetite is going to increase. Right. And so basically like your body is like, oh, we just fought a bear. Like let's (laughs) now that everything's calmed down, let's replenish because we might have to fight another bear tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And so naturally your hunger is going to increase and you probably will overconsume the calories that you even burned. Right. And so just because your hunger has increased, you have to be super intentional about the way that you are going to replenish that energy by focusing on protein and fat, instead of focusing on what your brain is naturally going to tell you, which is, uh, I just went for an awesome run. Let's stop at Starbucks to get a blueberry muffin. Right. And so this third aspect kind of plays into the second with the increased appetite is actually the reward mentality. Like, Oh, I deserve, you know, whatever this treat is because I just did something hard or I just did something good, or I did what I said I was going to do. And I want to reward myself. There's nothing wrong with rewarding yourself. Actually, you should reward yourself because your brain will repeat what you reward, yeah, but don't reward, you- going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't reward yourself with sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find another way, Find go get a massage, like do something that watch a nice show, make a nice steak. Don't reward yourself with sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing when, when someone starts with me too, you know, we'll, we'll do a weigh-in, um, we'll do measurements because measurements are better than the scale is like literally the worst thing, but yeah. you know, we have to have some, you know, some stats, but I'll, I'll do a monthly check-in. I'm like, you are not allowed to sit there and stare at the scale because yes, mm-hmm. first thing is going to be after every workout, you're going to retain this water and flame your belly's going to pop out a little more just because yeah. that's the natural process. It takes three, four days finally to calm down. Then you see some benefit. But yeah. do, and plus I'm putting muscle on you. Muscle is dense. You're going to lose mm-hmm. fat, but gain muscle. You're going to be probably the same or slightly heavier when you're first starting out. So yeah. we are not looking at scale for all those reasons. So, and this yeah. is not good. It's the same thing. Just you're torturing yourself every day. Stop, 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 stop. This is yes. a monthly check-in. This is a journey. Everything we're, we're talking about. So. Kind of talking about this idea of like relationship with the scale. I feel like this can be another, it's a combination of a strategy issue and a mindset issue, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you're right. That is one strategy that you can take is just like, don't pay attention to the scale so much. But the reason why you're suggesting it, as I understand it, I know we're on the same page about this. The reason why you're suggesting that just don't even look at it. Don't even bother is because there's so many reasons for the scale to fluctuate. And we don't want you to be having your daily mood and daily behaviors to be attached to this one number, right? And so that is one strategy that people can do. And sometimes I tell women because, you know, 
they really do. Like I had a super complicated relationship with the scale. I was the person, you know, jumping on the scale every morning, like F words galore. You want to throw that thing across (laughs) the room and then like cancel plans that day because I gained two pounds. Like, ah, that's so sad looking back on that. Mm -hmm. Right. But truly my self-worth was determined by the fact that I had gained two pounds. Like that's so, so, so sad. And so I did throw my scale in the trash for like several months, but I actually found that I ended up having more anxiety by not knowing what I weighed. And so I've come really full circle with my journey with the scale. And so I actually weigh myself every day and I used to weigh myself every day and have a horrible relationship with it. Now I weigh myself every day and there's no drama to it whatsoever because I have so much more knowledge of context. I can run through the litany of questions with myself of, Oh, interesting. I gained a half a pound. Like what day of the month is it for my menstrual cycle? Did, did I eat out at a restaurant yesterday? Maybe they just used some inflammatory oil or something like that. Like when's the last time I had a bowel movement? Like just all of these questions that could potentially impact the scale. Did I work out yesterday? All of these things so that I actually truly don't have any drama. And, And I do this with my clients as well. So the thing that has actually helped me is instead of paying attention to the daily fluctuations to still track daily what my weight is, but then calculate a weekly average. And instead of saying, I weigh this today, I just tell myself, I weigh this this week. No matter what the scale says today, from last Friday, this is what I weigh all week until this next Friday when I calculate all seven days. And that actually is what helped me desensitize myself to it. Yep. I I also, you know, I I go to my gym now three three times a week, not seven days a week like before. But still, I'll I'll weigh myself every time. But it's almost like a game. I'm so good at it. You know, I'll know how much water I'm retaining, what I did, everything, how I ate, and almost guess if I'm up or down. But you know, it's it's like a fun game for me now. I don't sit Mm -hmm. there. You know, it's probably a little harder for for females with that mindset. And guys like guys want to get bigger, so they want to see the weight go up. But right, you know, I'm I'm over forty, so I'm like, you know, it's a little harder to keep the weight off. So I'm back on that side now, where I, I do want to see it go down. But yeah, I, I do it, but it does nothing to me because I know the weekly, monthly is all I care about. Yeah. And, you know, adjust accordingly. So absolutely. Yep. Do you struggle with self sabotage? Self sabotage happens when our willpower runs out and we inevitably come back into behaving in line with our beliefs that are not serving us we will always default back to behaving in line with our beliefs. So we have to make sure that we have beliefs that help us get to our goals. Did you know that about 95% of our thoughts each day are subconscious and repeating thoughts? When we think the same thoughts over and over, they become deeply rooted beliefs. In turn, our deeply rooted beliefs generate all of our repeating subconscious thoughts, which generate our feelings, which generate our behavior, which ultimately generates our results. Unless we change our beliefs, we will never have the new long-term results we want, including weight loss. We have a new mindset topic this month called rewiring beliefs. In this self-care keto class, you will identify the beliefs that are holding you back. Question them with self-compassion to loosen their grip on you. Choose new beliefs that are actually going to help you. Create a morning or evening routine that keeps you rewiring your brain every single day. Get resources that you can use over and over every time you notice a new belief you want to change. And finally, break your patterns of self-sabotage by getting at the root of your beliefs. When you sign up, you get immediate access to the recorded class, and you can watch it whenever is good for you and you'll have access to it forever.
it's just $33. Sign up at bit.ly slash self-care keto class. Well, uh, Jessica, what is, um, what is uh, some of the programs that you're, you're offering? I know you said your, your target audience is more females. I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll take males, but that's yeah. kind of what you, you go for. What, so what is, how does someone start with you? What's the process? Sure. So right now my offerings do change from time to time. Once in a while I do offer group coaching. I don't have any um, groups going right now. Okay. Um, so there's two ways to work with me right now. The first one is one-on-one coaching. And so my new client commitment is five weeks long. And what we do is we meet once a week over zoom video chat and for about an hour per week. And, um, we will use that time, not just to set your strategies for the week and provide accountability. And we want to celebrate what went well last week. We also want to talk about any struggles and work through all those things, but we also start to dig deeper into a lot of the mindset issues that are inevitably going to come up that are probably going to be the things that are actually stalling your progress. It's your internal obstacles. It's your mindset. You know, just those two things we talked about before, those were just two examples of some of the common things, but yeah, there's so much, especially with women, complicated relationship with food, weight, and body image, Mm -hmm. um, sacrificing ourselves to prioritize other people, um, because we have a fear of rejection and abandonment and all of these things. And so when we start to get overwhelmed because we're not practicing good self-care, the first thing that's going to go is our own self-care. Like so we work on a lot of a lot of things like that in the context of these coaching sessions. It's strategy, but it's also mindset because if we just operate at the layer of behavior influencing results, um, we can do that temporarily. But below the level of behavior is our thoughts and our feelings at the very core of who we are is our beliefs. And so if we can actually go down to the root of the problem, which mm-hmm. is a belief that is holding you back. And we can actually shift that belief out of self-sabotage and into self-care. Then your behavior is going to naturally flow in alignment with that. And it's going to feel good. It's going to feel easy. It's going to feel natural. So that's what I'm really going for with my clients in the coaching sessions. Gotcha. So we meet once a week over video chat. And okay. then I also have um, daily text messaging built in every single day to us. So we're doing a, a daily check-in. I'm looking at your food log. I'm answering questions for you. I'm cheering you on. I'm holding you accountable. You have a day, you literally want to burn it all down. You know, I'm there to help you get, get your mindset back in track, just to ask you the questions that you didn't know you needed to be asked in order to um, get yourself back to where you want to be. Okay. So that's the first way to work with me is the one-on-one coaching. And actually I also have a new online course. So the online course is called the self-care keto uh, mindset masterclass. Ah. And um, basically for people who either, um, you know, basically don't have the time availability or the financial availability to work with a coach one-on-one right now. Um, this is a self-paced self-coaching course. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's actually the 10 most effective mindset exercises that I do with my one-on-one clients. And I've packaged it into an online course. It comes with a guided mindset journal that is um, downloadable and printable, and you can reprint these mindset exercises over and over again. So every time you emotionally ate, you can print off the reflection exercise after that so that you can kind of examine what went wrong. What can I do differently next time? Every time you encounter a belief about yourself that you're like, oh, this is messed up. This is holding me back. There's an exercise on how to rewire that belief. So you can use these tools for a lifetime. And so if that's something you're interested in, that's on my website at theketofit.com slash mindset. Okay. Is that also five week or this is kind of do it yourself. If you need to it's, extend it, it's you can, completely or... self-paced. Yeah. There's 10 mindset exercises and six videos. So you can just go through it however quickly you want to do it. And then what about the uh, group training? You said every now and then you'll do a, 
something like yeah, that. Every now and then I do it. Um, my last one was 12 weeks long. Um, so, but we only met every other week. So it was six, six sessions. Um, I'm not sure, honestly, right now when I'm going to be doing the next one, honestly, because I'm an entrepreneur and I get to lean into doing what I love the most, which is yeah. one of the reasons I'm an entrepreneur. And just one-on-one is just like what lights me up, you know? Yeah, so I just yeah. love that person-to-person connection. It's just me and you and the third force between us, whatever you want to call that energy. And it's just transformative. So I love that. Yeah. Kind of uh, one that would be cool if I may suggest is like what I do, semi-private training, you know, share mm-hmm. it with the cost with a couple other people. So it's not like a huge group. Maybe it's right. just that person and a buddy and maybe a discounted rate. Plus you mm-hmm. got now two people that can go out there and refer, but that's how, yeah. how I built my business. That's a good idea. I like yeah. that. Um, you know, I'm, you got all these programs. I'm sure you have um, besides the, the tips and tricks and all that, and, and uh, probably recipes and all that kind of stuff that comes with the program. How do you feel about like the keto mojo? Like that was my biggest thing of, you know, being able to track and see it to know, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a broad range that you can use. And also you can naturally get kicked out a little bit. Don't go off of one Mm -hmm. setting, but it's overall, you're seeing that you're in that zone. It kind of helped me like, it's almost like a game. Well, how do you you have your clients use that or? Yeah. So actually I have a keto mojo Mm -hmm. and I actually found it more beneficial to track my blood sugar than to track my ketones. I did that as well. And I love that part. And I didn't give two craps about blood sugar when I first started eating keto because I was like, I'm not diabetic or pre-diabetic. Like, why why do I care? Even though I understood that the premise was like, this isn't spiking your blood sugar. But I was like, I don't even need to measure my blood sugar because I'm not going to spike my blood sugar by focusing on protein and fat. So it was just something that I never really cared enough about to measure. I would measure ketones and I, I definitely relied on the urine strips when I first started out. Um, I think in 2013, when I started, if there was blood strips available, like it was crazy priced, you know, yeah. like way ridiculous, even now they're expensive. Like I think the keto mojo refill is like 60 bucks for 50 strips or, you know, something crazy, basically almost a dollar a strip. So it's pretty expensive to continue to test with your blood. I'm not against it. I like testing. Um, One of the reasons why I actually switched from testing my blood to testing my breath is what I rely on now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've done a ton of research on this and actually learned this from Dr. Dom D'Agostino. And this was so helpful to me because I did know that the urine strips kind of like lose their uh, accuracy over Mm -hmm. time. And the reason for that, the strips are not inaccurate actually, but it's just that when you become more fat adapted, your body is going to put fewer ketones into your waist because your body is actually using those ketones for fuel. Yeah. So if anybody's listening and their color on their strips has gone down and they're frustrated about it, first of all, being a ketose is like being pregnant. You either are or you're not. So don't stress out about the color, but also that's the reason it's because your body is doing a good thing, which is actually putting those ketones to use for your metabolic processes and all the energy that you need for the day. So it makes sense that you're going to see fewer ketones put into your waist. So you can measure with your urine, you can measure with your blood and you can measure with your breath. Um, so I knew that about the urine strips, which is why I started starting to test my blood, but actually the same thing can happen with your blood. And it's just that there's much fewer ketones circulating through your blood because your body has become so efficient at ushering them. them. Yeah. Yeah, It's using them. It's ushering them out of your bloodstream and immediately putting them to use for yourself. And so for a long time, you know, I'm eight years in, so I probably started testing my blood, honestly, probably just, um, 
within the last year and a half, probably about a year and a half ago is when I started testing my blood. Um, and I just was like, Oh, cool. This is the more accurate way to do it. But I was always in such a mild state. Like I think 0.5 is where they say it starts with ketosis. I would always be at like 0.4. And I'm like, I was stressing out about it. I'm like, why do I care so much about this? Obviously I'm in ketosis. Look at this. I'm like basically eating almost carnivore. Like this thing can't be right. Yada, yada, yada. And then I learned from Dr. Dom Diagostino, that actually that's what's happening is your body has become more efficient at ushering it out of your blood. So that's to be expected. Yeah. And then he shared that actually measuring um, ketones in the breath is the most effective long-term way of being able to see that your body is in a fat burning state. So I go and I buy one of these breath monitors. And mm-hmm. first of all, I love it because it's about the same price as the Keto Mojo. I think I paid like $110 for mine, um, but you never have to buy more refill strips. So it's just good oh, forever. Nice. How nice is that? Yeah, you can take it with you anywhere. You don't have to prick your finger, no pain, no refills. And so you just have this great tool available to you and it is the most effective. So I actually recommend um, testing your ketones with your breath, which is what I do. And sure enough, I'm in ketosis. I was like, okay, great. This makes a lot of sense to me now. So I recommend this to my clients for all of those reasons that I just mentioned. But I still say, start with the urine strips. It's the most accessible. You're just dabbling in keto. You don't want to spend $100 on a breath monitor because you're not even sure if this is going to work for you. Totally get it go buy the urine strips. It's like seven bucks for a hundred, you know, and it can feel so rewarding to see that you're doing it right. So all in all, I'm a big fan of actually seeing that proof that you're doing it right. Yeah. Very cool. What's, what's the brand name of the, the breath one you, you recommend? Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I bought it on Amazon. Oh, and I Amazon. didn't. Even, okay. It'll probably yeah. be the most popular one on there anyways. Yeah. Just search breath ketone meter on Amazon. And I've actually used a couple of different models because sometimes people reach out to me like on LinkedIn and they want me to try their product. And so I've tried different, different models and I yeah. find them all to be pretty much the same. Pretty accurate. But, yeah. Uh, you know, going back to the keto mojo, I, that's exactly what happened to me too. Once I finally was getting into it and checking it, you know, God, I just got to hit 0.5 on this thing and I'd hit it. And then I'd go up to one and then 1.2, 1.3, I'm doing so good. And it's the longer and longer I've been on this. Now I'm like, oh, I can barely get 0.5. I'm like at point yeah. three, point two, And that's the thing that my body's so used to yeah. using it now. So it's not going to register. The fact exactly. that you're even showing you're doing a good job. Yeah. everyone else on this planet will show a big fat zero. So that's how, you know, you're in it. Totally. But, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely try the breathalyzer one next too. Yeah. So, that's okay. great. I'll try to connect you with the person on LinkedIn that gave me the free one and maybe they'll give you a free yeah. one too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Jessica, um, thank you for being on our show and, um, for all our listeners listening, what's, what's the best way to get a hold of you try out that program. If they're interested, I'm sure you have a website, social media contacts. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm at the ketofit.com and I have an inquiry form right there. If you're interested, I do a completely free curiosity call. So we'll get on the phone and I can tell you about the different offerings that I have, but also I just love to give free custom keto advice to people. Like truly, I just love to listen to your story and try to like, if nothing else, give you like at least one tip that you can take away from that and one new strategy to try, because a lot of times women come to me and they're just so frustrated because what they were doing before all of a sudden stopped working. Right. And so that happens a lot. And then I can, I can point you in the the next right step, or I can listen and maybe like, what are you regularly eating? And I can just point out like a little pitfall, like, Oh, did you know that like Splenda packets have one carb per packet and you're eating like 10 a day, you might want to like liquid (laughs) sucralose instead. Like that's like, you know, it can be a game changer for some people. So I would love to just listen and give you some free keto advice as well. So yeah, just head on over to my website. You can read about my offerings. You can put in a form to do a a free call. And then also if you want to join the online course, again, that's at the keto fit.com slash mindset. And you can follow me on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
and Instagram. I'm at the keto fit and get in my DMS and we can just talk there as well. Awesome. Yeah. And to everybody, you know, I've done a lot of self-education and anyone can learn whatever they want on YouTube, Google, going to classes and everything, but God, it's so much easier just going to one source. Everything's listed beautifully and perfectly. So you don't deviate, you don't mess up. So that's kind of my pitch of why, like, you know, paying for certain courses for that. So you don't have to sit there and scavenge the earth for all this info. It's so true. Um, so for all our audience, they know I always put all those links and everything in the description too. So I can just click on it and get to you. But uh, Jessica, thank you for your time and love having you on the show. And uh, for sure, I'll get you back on in uh, probably six months or so and see where, what you're good. doing. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. You got it. Well, uh, Jessica, um, thank you for being on our show. And um, for all our listeners listening, what's what's the best way to get a hold of you? Try out that program if they're interested. I'm sure you have a website, social media contacts. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm at theketofit.com and I have an inquiry form right there. If you're interested, I do a completely free curiosity call. So we'll get on the phone and I can tell you about the different offerings that I have, but also I just love to give free custom keto advice to people. Like truly, I just love to listen to your story and try to like, if nothing else, give you like at least one tip that you can take away from that and one new strategy to try because a lot of times women come to me and they're just so frustrated because what they were doing before all of a sudden stopped working. Right. And so that happens a lot. And then I can, I can point you in the, the next right step, or I can listen and maybe like, what are you regularly eating? And I can just point out like a little pitfall, like, Oh, did you know that like Splenda packets have one carb per packet and you're eating like 10 a day, you might want to like switch to li- liquid <laughs> sucralose instead. Like that's like, you know, it can be a game changer for some people. So I would love to just listen and give you some free keto advice as well. So yeah, just head on over to my website. You can read about my offerings. You can put in a form to do a, a free call. And then also if you want to um, join the online course, it, again, that's at the ketofit.com slash mindset. And you can follow me on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm at the keto fit and get in my DMS and we can just talk there as well. Awesome. Yeah. And to everybody, you know, I've done a lot of self-education and anyone can learn whatever they want on YouTube, Google, going to classes and everything, but God, it's so much easier just going to one source yeah. everything's listed beautifully and perfectly. So you don't deviate, you don't mess up. So yeah. that's kind of my pitch of why, like, you know, paying for certain courses for that. So you don't have to sit there and scavenge the earth for all this info. It's so true. Um, so for all our audience, they know I always put all those links and everything in the description too. So I can just click on it and get to you. But uh, Jessica, thank you for your time and love having you on the show. And I'm for sure I'll get you back on in uh, probably six months or so and see where, what good. you're doing. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. You got it.